Welcome back to the End Times Countdown. I am your host, Pastor Matt. Thanks for joining me again for this podcast. I can't wait to get back into this podcast. We have a bunch of episodes primed and ready for you guys. But before I get into those and before we post all of those, I want to introduce a short series that we're doing called God and Country. And I've invited my friend Chuck Suba, who's a part of our ministry and just a real good friend, to come on here. He is an ex-military guy retired from the United States Army, and he has a lot of insight about our country and about um, the symbolism, the regalia, the history, and so forth. We decided to do this short little series of podcasts because of Memorial Day, because of uh, what's called Pride Month in June, and how all of these things tie in to the end times, not to mention the 4th of July that's just right around the corner. All of these things are so spiritually significant, so end times significant. So I'm going to just leave this introduction right where it is and get right over into these podcasts. And welcome back to the End Times Countdown. I'm sitting here with Chuck, my main man. So you remember that we did a, a, uh, a whole little series, if you will, about the Antichrist message. Um, and we really laid it out, and I believe that this is the truth. God has a message. <laughs> right? I mean, mm -hmm. we all think we know what it is, but it really is the message of salvation. It's the message of this book. It's the message of the kingdom. And really, it is a message of a kingdom, the king, his citizens, and his enemies. It's really this message. It's a big, big centralized message, but it's really simple, actually, right? A lot of people don't realize that the devil's got a message. And it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that, that we wouldn't think that he's got a message, but he's been preaching for millennia. Sure has. And what's amazing to me is the more that I, and I'm a history, I'm a history buff anyway. <laughs> I like history, but um, the more that I look at history and the more that I realize, I used to think, Chuck, I used to think that, um, you know, that, that, boy, this is just such terrible times. It's never been like this before. And, you know, and, and all of the things, I mean, granted, it's not ever been like this before because we're in the end times. We've got so much more things that the, that the devil, let's just use his name, that, that he can use yeah. than what they ha what he could use then. He couldn't use a whole lot of things to, to really deceive unless it was just flesh and, yeah. you know, thoughts and desires and different things that he still uses today. But today he's got such technology. He's got such other tools in his, uh, in his little fanny pack that he can use to deceive people. And the more that I look at history, I realize, wow, because if you think about the Roman days, bro, I mean, they had temple prostitutes. They had temples to these different gods and idols where fornication was an, was an act and a form of worship mm -hmm. to this idol, to this God, right? Uh, they had Molech statues where they would take the prostitutes that would have the babies. They would take the babies and they would sacrifice the babies on these fiery, hot arms that, that they built fires around. And they would literally cook the baby alive as a sacrifice to this God. Mm -hmm. he, he's still doing it. It's just in a different form. Yeah, a it's different not form. It, it's not a straight out act of worship. Yeah. 
of sacrificial worship. Um, and what's amazing to me is the, you know, what the big differences are is this, the big difference is the gods have changed. Mm -hmm. So we don't worship idols. We don't worship Nike. We don't worship Caesar. Uh, we don't worship Zeus. We don't worship, you know, whatever other gods are out there. I have become the God. So the sacrifices of the infants and the, the embryos and so forth, that goes to the preservation and the success of this God. Yeah. We're still sacrificing. In a different way. Just in a different way into a different God. Um, it's insane how today I have become the God. <laughs> mm -hmm. We just don't worship little things. That we're too intelligent for that now. Yeah. And when we say I, we're talking about everybody out there is an I. Right. Right. Um, me, me, yeah. myself, I, In you, the, the individual, me, them. Yeah. The individual. the individual, the self itself, itself, worship itself. I'm, I'm my own self, God. Even when you, even when a person says or thinks or acts that I am my own God, I'm the God of my life. You're still submitted to another spiritual force. It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy to think that way, but it's absolutely the truth. You're still either submitted to God, to Yehovah, or you're submitted to Lucifer, the Satan, right? So we're, we're still, we're, in other words, I guess all I'm trying to say is, is we're still, he's still doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> he did it in Rome. He did it in Greece. He did it, uh, you know, in Europe. He did it with the Vikings, the Norse. He did it with the Irish He's been doing this forever. Sure has. Since since day one, he's and, trying to corrupt. Proof in the pudding is, it's for one, it's right in the Bible. And just look at Sodom and Gomorrah. How long did Sodom and, how long ago was Sodom and Gomorrah in existence? Yeah, long ago. Long, long time ago. Thousands of years. And this yeah. whole homosexual agenda, mm -hmm. and you can tie in L the LGBT agenda, yeah. the drag queen, it's all tied into the same. It's all in the homosexual agenda. I mean... They they really just gave themselves a title. Yeah, that's all. Uh, LGBTQP plus minus thing nano whatever. That's it. Literally, they just they just named themselves. It, the, the thing's been around. Honestly, I'm going to tell you. I believe the thing's been around since the days before the great flood and Noah's time when mm -hmm. he built the ark. Because if you think about it, how bad does it have to be for God to look down and hear and see the wickedness? And decide, wow, this is yeah. this is this is crazy. They got, they're way too out there. Yeah. What were they doing? Yeah, because the and the Bible doesn't really talk about that much. Not at all, really. But there had to have been something really, really horrible going on for God to say, "I got to I got to start over. I I got to get a, be done with this and start over again." Because think about how merciful He is. Think about how <laughs> He is grace. He is mercy. It, I mean, how far out do you have to go to reach the outer bounds of his mercy? Yeah, that's where he where he says, nope. That's that's a scary thought. That's right a there. scary thought. <laughs> because what were they doing? I believe that there is um, there's a message. There's an antichrist message, and there is a very spiritual force that's been at this from the beginning. And their whole assignment is to pervert. And, and to corrupt people. Mm -hmm. It's it's their whole assignment. I have to be honest, before I, before I just be quiet and, and let you just share what's on your heart about this, um, I have to be honest, I, I don't think I have ever read so much in the scriptures how many times 
um, the prophets and, and Christ himself talked about fornication yep. and how big of a deal it is. It, when I started really recognizing it, I mean, it was like in every other verse. Yeah. And before we go any further, I'd like you to define what fornication means. What is it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think a lot of people hear that word, don't really know what it is. Right. So, I, I mean, the way that I grew up, when you heard fornication, that was, that was sex outside of marriage. That's what we, I mean, that's what came into my mind Everybody else's mind when we were growing up, going to our little our little Baptist community church, right? Fornication takes on actually two levels of existence. It's, there's a spiritual fornication, and there's a natural fornication. But fornication, scripturally, biblically, includes everything, if you will, sexual perversion outside of the covenant of marriage, of biblical marriage between a man and a woman, yes. anything outside of that. So I actually got a really, a really amazing definition from the Spirit the other day about sin, about the definition of sin. And I heard it like this, that sin is simply this. It's taking something God made for good and righteousness and taking it to an excessive place, an excessive place. So Right. Okay. Well, let me just use it in the same context we're using here. So if I'm, if, if I'm married, I'm totally, I'm totally able to desire and to enjoy, um, <laughs> without trying to be, without trying to be too gross or too, too expect, expletive, um, you know, I'm, I'm allowed to enjoy my wife as much and as often and however I want to, because that's within the confines of what's good and righteous, what God created. Yes. But when I go outside of that and I find little girl down the street with a little skirt going swishy swishy and I and I do the same things with that person and then maybe another person, what you've done is you've taken something God created that he considers as righteous and good and you've taken it to an excessive position and now you've gone outside of the confines of a covenant and outside the confines of what God calls righteous and that now has become sin. Yes. So fornication, uh, let's just talk about the natural first. So fornication, of course, is, is sex outside of a covenant. So yes. that's sex before marriage. Um, it's adultery. It is. It's, it's an extramarital affair. When you're in covenant with one, you shouldn't be doing covenant things with somebody else. That's an excessive position, yeah. excessive place. Um, it is what the Bible calls. If you look it up in the New Testament and when you hear the um, the disciples and the and the apostles talking about um, it's usually called strange flesh. It's it's usually used with that word strange. Yes, um, that's speaking about homosexuality. That is something that is included in fornication. As weird as it is, but the incest is fornication. So basically, in the natural, anything outside of what God said, this is holy, this is righteous, this is covenant, and this is perfectly fine for you to do. Yeah. Anything extracurricular yeah. <laughs> or outside of that definition. So I know where you're going. So the thing is, is anything outside of male, female, in covenant, under God, is fornication. Yes. And, and to let everybody know that the definition that we just gave is not our definition. Right, right. I, right now I'm fixing to read you the Webster's definition of fornication. 
Right. Very, very simple. It says sexual intercourse between two persons not married to each other. Mm-hmm. So then you have to look at, okay, the, the key factor there is not married to each other. Right. So what are, then you have to go look, find the definition of marriage. Right. And we have to look at what God's definition of marriage is. Right. Not what man's definition of marriage. Because there's a major difference there. Because God says marriage is a bond, is a covenant between a man and a woman. Right. Right. Man has taken that far farther and says it can be a covenant between a man and a woman or a man and a man or a woman and a woman. Mm-hmm. But we don't go by man's definition. We have to follow God's definition. Right. And I'm glad you added that word in there, covenant. Because a covenant... It's almost I, like a contract. I don't think people realize it's heavier. It's, it, the thing is, a covenant is heavier than just a contract because it covers both of those realms, both the spirit and the and the natural realms that we were talking about. Um, covenant is is an eternal word. It's an eternal word. I don't think people realize. Jesus said when the Pharisees came to him and said, hey, what about this marriage thing? What if somebody dies and this one and this one, blah, 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 blah. And he said two or three different times to him, you know, divorce was never, never was God's will. Never. When you make a covenant, you make a covenant. You know, if you're getting married to get divorced, you don't understand covenant. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I'm glad you used that word. But, you know, touching the spiritual side of this now, there is a spiritual covenant. There's a spiritual fornication. Do you remember all the times where, where God, and it's mainly in the Old Testament, where he called them <laughs> idolaters um, and adulteresses. He called the nation an adulterous nation. Why would he do that? He's calling them fornicators. Mm-hmm. He's not talking about in the flesh, in the natural. He's talking about spiritually, you're cheating on me in the spirit. We have a covenant together, spiritually speaking. I am your God. You're my people, my chosen people. But you're, you keep going outside the bounds of this covenant. You're fornicating by doing extracurricular things against me. And you're doing it with idols, and you're doing it with other people, and you're doing it with fornication, you're doing it with this and this and this. So we have to realize that this this thing's a lot bigger than what we think. It sure is. And the spiritual side of it is is where most people are so ignorant. Absolutely. They don't even acknowledge that that, that, that there is a spiritual realm out there. Absolutely. And uh, it, you have to be willing, you have to be open to the teaching, what teaching of what the Bible says. Where people are falling short is they're not open to that. You know, the Bible, we, we've spoken on this many, many times. The Bible is the foundation of your, of your life and the, of your existence and how you're supposed to live your life. Absolutely. It's the operator's manual for your life. Yeah. I've heard, I heard a guy and several people since, you know, they'll say, wow, it's, it's such an, speaking of the Bible, it's such an amazing history book. Oh, yeah. how, how much more than just a history yeah. book? This is life. Yeah, right. I mean, this thing is living. This is a living book. It, it really is you. It's what you become. This thing becomes you. You become it. it it's alive. Man, I can preach for 40 years on this planet, but unless that word, that living word coming out of me goes into you and mm-hmm. becomes a part of you, Rather than me preaching at you and all you hear is facts and figures and details and intelligent information, 
nobody's done anything. Yeah. It has to penetrate your flesh and get into your heart. Absolutely. It just can't get into your flesh and just stay in your flesh. It has to get into your heart and become part of your belief system because yep. if it doesn't, you're going to go astray. Yep. Yep. You'll never, you'll never experience the results. You'll never experience the manifestation or the product of this word if it just comes in and just yeah. is information. Yeah. That's it. And th this word is becomes your sounding board <laughs> for everything that's being thrown at you from society and the world. You use this word to say, well, I heard this, but no, this, the word says this, so you're wrong. Right. The word says this, so you're wrong. Right. The word says this, so you're wrong. You, you, just, you just hit from a different angle what I just heard <laughs> my spirit. Information can be changed. Yes. Revelation cannot be changed. And that's what we have. We, we, have a, we have people full of information, full of information. You know, the scripture that talks about that technology, that information intelligence will excel in the end times. Uh, men will become so wise, they'll become fools. And it's where we are. Mm -hmm. It's exactly where we are. And it's information, and information can be changed. Well, you know, society demands this now. Society says this. These are the standards today. Uh, that Bible's old and outdated. It's, it's For Pete's sake, it's 10,000 years old. Th this isn't the standard. This is where we're living today. And God gets me, and he understands me, and he knows yeah. where we are. It's information to those people, so they don't have a problem changing it. Yeah. That statement you just made about this Bible being so outdated and it doesn't pertain. I'm going to try to say this nicely. <laughs> That's a crock. <laughs> yeah, just don't, just don't cuss just, on it. Just, no. just, just <laughs> think about this. Say you went out and bought a brand new Cadillac today. <laughs> the most expensive Cadillac out there, pretty shiny and everything else. And, and, you know, it comes with an operator's manual. You take that Cadillac and let it sit in your garage for 200 years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Does the operator's manual change for that vehicle because it's because it was written 200 years ago? Nope. Nope. It still applies. Yeah, great point. Still still same thing. You know what's funny is I I read, I mean I read the the Bible, you know, as much as as much as I possibly can. And what amazes me is the more the more that I read in Ephesus, Colossians, um, Corinthians, you know, all these all these different books of where Paul was in places and def he was just defining, he's just showing you what was happening at that, at that time. Even though for us, it was, it was well over 2000 years ago. You know, what's funny is Paul could be literally just talking about a lot of scenarios happening today. Mm -hmm. Same stuff, same things happening today yeah. in the United States of America that was happening in Colossae yeah. at, at Ephesus and it's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. Each generation, <laughs> it, as it goes by, they just keep experiencing the same thing. Same cycle. The devil same keeps thing. throwing the same. He's, he's, he takes the same game plan he used 100 years ago, and he pulls it back out. I said, well, I did that in the year 1992, and so I'm going to pull it out in the year 2092 and put it on that generation. He's going to do it again. That, that gen, the old generation that I did it last time on, they're dead and gone, so they don't know. So this new generation doesn't know anything about it. Yeah. You know what's funny is the only thing really that's different is the more, the more that that he uses mankind, uh, he uses our intelligence to create other cool platforms and other. Um, have you ever noticed that most of our technology today that's um, that's the most exploited, I should say, um, is communications. Mm -hmm. Even when television first came out, think about radio first. 
When did radio come out? I mean, they're listening to the radio, yeah. turn of the century, 19th yeah. century. 19th century, yeah. Right? They didn't even have cars really figured out by then. Mm-mm. But but they're listening to somebody speak through a tower, through the air, through frequencies, and you're listening at home. You know what I mean? The technology that the devil likes to exploit and what he wants us as intelligent beings to create in in our world is is all communications based <clears throat> because that's the most influential. So if I can get my and here we are right back where we started. If I, I can if I can mass produce my message mm-hmm. to people that don't know God. This world is mine. Yeah. And all I've got to do is with each successive generation is just kick it up a notch. Yeah. And the people who are on the receiving end of it, if they don't have the sounding board of that's the Bible. It. That's it. The filter, the, the sounding information board, right? can be so manipulative. Absolutely. To, it, it can sound it could sound good, but it can be a deep down message that you don't even understand or don't even realize what's being said to you. Right. And it sounds amazing. Yeah. So think about the message today. Think about the Antichrist message of today. Uh, and I, I have no problem saying this. It is the message of diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Because it's not diversity and inclusion like like what it sounds like. So I totally get diversity. I love diversity. I like the little Mexican peoples. I like white people. I, I, I like black people. I like little polka dotted people. I love, I just love people and I love the diversity of cultures, but that's not what the message is today. Yeah. That's not, a, not, not at all. that's not the diversity they're talking about. They try to lump that in with it because it sounds good, but this message is amazing. It, it's an amazing thing. Um, and the more, the more successive generations we keep going through, and if I could say it this way, the more grotesque and the more natural it becomes, because mm-hmm. it's always going to touch the flesh. It's going to yeah. make us want to go to the excessive boundary, always. God's message keeps you within boundaries, right? And today we don't like boundaries. We don't want boundaries. And the devil gives you a message that he actually wants you to go outside of the boundaries and explore and figure out who you are and what you are yeah. when you God know, told you what you are. And I'm going to explain these boundaries in simple layman's terms. A lot of people fight against boundaries, limitations. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. But boundaries are there for your safety. Just think of you dra- traveling down the interstate. You have a center line that you can't cross. Why? <laughs> I hope you don't. Because there's oncoming <laughs> traffic on the other side of it. Right. There's a right lane boundary marker on the shoulder of the road. Right. Why is it there? Why is that boundary there? It's yeah. for your safety because on the other side of that boundary line is a 100-foot cliff. So if you cross that boundary line, you're going to go off the cliff. So boundaries are a good thing. Limitations are a good thing because they keep you safe. They keep you in the center of the road. You know, really, the only boundaries that we should be crossing, that we should desire to cross, are the boundaries that the devil puts on. Yeah. It, it's it's crazy that everybody's screaming, no boundaries, we want no boundaries. What are you kidding? You haven't reached the boundaries of God's goodness yeah. and his love and, and every and his covenant to begin with. So, you know, the problem is when we scream, we don't want any more boundaries. It, what you're saying is, is God, we want to go excessive. We yeah. want to go outside your boundaries. Yeah, that's what we want. That's what we're trying to say. And that's what the Antichrist message is about. And it's also a really good place to end this podcast because we're so out of time. <laughs> 
Listen, guys out there, I thank you for joining us for this podcast. This is our foundational episode here about God and country. Join us with the next few episodes that we put out here along these same lines as we get over into exactly what this Antichrist message looks like and how it's manifesting and really what this means for America, for the church, for the world, and just how big of a deal this is. Thanks, you guys, for joining us, and we'll see you in this next episode. And remember, be awake, be aware, and be ready. We're right here, guys, and we're going to make it all the way to the end. We'll see you next time.